This is your coffee break. Hi friends, I'm back again this week. I have a really special guest for you this week. And I was talking to her a little bit earlier and I said, I'm so grateful to you. And the reason I'm so grateful is because we're speaking to Barbara Kyle today. And if you recall, if you've been listening for a long time, Barbara was my very, very first author who I ever interviewed on the show. And I went back and I was looking at my notes for that. And I was like, oh, man, do I want to interview people on my show? And after my interview with Barbara, I said, yes, yes, I do. (laughs) It was so wonderful. It was so I don't know, you just have such a wonderful energy. So you inspired me to kind of keep going with interviews. And um, our first interview was in September 2015. And I used Skype for the first time. And you know what, and ever since then, it's just been it. I don't know, you kind of opened up my podcast to this whole new realm that I'd never been in before. So thank oh, you. That is so that is just delightful to hear. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly when we did that podcast. As I recall, we were sort of playing around trying to sort of get sound levels, but it worked out fine. (laughs) It did. It worked out fine. It sounded great. And I'm so I'm so glad to have you back again on the show. So you have some exciting news. You have a new book that's come out. I do. My new book is called Page Turner. The subtitle is uh, Your Path to Writing a Novel that Publishers Want and Readers Buy. It was um, it was interesting narrowing down to that subtitle because I really wanted to focus this book having done having taught writers for a long time having had 11 novels of my own published and having um done a lot of presentations at writers conferences I found I really wanted to narrow it down to exactly what I know readers want which is how do I get that publisher there are many many layers of writing and there are many um avenues as far as um, genre and style of writing, but every publisher everywhere is always looking for a page turner, (laughs) no matter what the genre. So I really wanted to focus on that, what it is that really makes a page turner. So that's the title. (laughs) So in your words, a page turner is just one of those books that's impossible to put down. You just keep turning the page. Exactly. And as I say, it can be any genre at all. It can be, I mean, we know fabulous literary novels who are, that are page turners, but in every genre too, in romance, in thrillers, in sci-fi, in fantasy, in mystery, we all know a, a page turner when we see it. Well, we feel it. We literally cannot put it down. So I really wanted to, you know, drill down, as they say, into what it is that makes people want to keep reading, you know, often long into the night. So that's what I've focused on in this book. Um, into basically four sections. One is about people, which is your characters. The next is about story. What really is a story? What is it that what is it the writer that readers love to to find in a story? Um, the third section is uh, style, and the fourth section is the business, mm-hmm. the publishing business. So, an, a kind of a narrow focus, but I think one that exact that it's exactly what most uh, emerging writers really want to know. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. And I, I love that you've put this together. You, I know that you're such a mentor. You're a mentor to so many people, um, whether you're speaking or you're writing about writing. So I'm just, I'm so glad that you decided to publish this. I hope that a lot of people pick it up and, and learn from you. You've just done so many great things. So before you wrote this book, you wrote, I think, seven novels in your Thornley saga and then four additional. What was it like to make the switch to writing nonfiction? 
Oh, that's interesting. Um, just because all the time that I've been an author, all this time I've always been doing some kind of mentoring. Um, I was uh, I was an instructor at the University of Toronto for writers, and I've done, as I say, all kinds of presentations at writers' conferences. I do um, master classes. So I've always been doing this kind of mentoring and teaching. And so often after I would have a session with writers, people would come to me and they say, where can I read what we've just been through? And I would think, well, I don't actually have a book about it. And so <laughs> it was really, it's about time I wrote a book about everything that I teach that really has touched people and really helped them. I mean, I have, I've had so many wonderful writers who have you know, gone on to be published and they've come back to me and they said it was really a light bulb moment, you know, when you said such and such about, about deep character or about storylining or about how to write a query letter, anything. And so I thought, every time they ask me that, where can I read what you, what you just told us and taught us? I thought, I, I haven't written that, so it's about time I do. So um, when you were crafting this new nonfiction work, did you follow a similar process? I know um, in our previous conversation, we talked about storylining. What was that like for nonfiction? Very different. Um, fiction, as we all know, you as, an author, you as a writer and, 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 and all of us who write fiction know that it's, you're starting with nothing. <laughs> you're starting with an absolutely blank slate and you are creating from nothing. Uh, so the discipline that you need to bring to that is quite different than than for nonfiction, mm -hmm. where you already you already do know the parameters of, as I say in this particular book, uh, Page Turner. It's all it's about what I've always taught about characters, story structure, style. You know, we break break down style into you know choosing a point of view, show don't tell, all of the all of the classic and and always important lessons about writing. So those parameters were all, are always there. So it was nowhere near the, the creative uh, challenge that it is in fiction, where, as I say, you're starting from nothing, and you're really kind of thrashing your way through creating characters, as I say, from nothing. So quite a bit easier, really, to develop uh, a nonfiction book, at least this particular nonfiction book, yeah. Interesting. Has that whet your appetite to create more nonfiction? I can't say it. no, no. I can't say it has. Although I would follow up with uh, with more about writing, and, and it's interesting you ask that because although I'm not writing another book uh, at this point about uh, writing, I am creating right now for the spring two programs, uh, online programs for writers. I'm calling it Your Writing Journey. The first one will be called The Foundation, and the second is Your Writing Journey: The Masterclass. So I am putting together, um, you know, an outline for those programs right now, but not, uh, not at this point for another nonfiction book. No, maybe, maybe down the line. Oh my gosh. I love that you're doing a masterclass. Will that be available on your website or through another source? It will. It'll be on my website. Yes. We have a whole series of videos that we produced um, that we actually shot several months ago. So now those are all, they've all been edited. And really, it's a breakdown. All those videos are a breakdown of everything that happened that I go through in the book, Page Turner. So it's, um, it's really complementary, the two, the book and the program, that first foundational course especially. So that's, that's taking up all of my, um, my creative space right now, and I'm finding it very exciting. As I say, it's, it's interesting how you, that you asked about the difference between creating fiction or nonfiction 
I'm so guided in having written Page Turner and in preparing these two new programs about what I know writers really need, what they really want to hear, what they're longing to know about the business, for example. You know, how do you, how do you break down exactly how to write the perfect query letter? Well, perfect, I don't know, but a query, <laughs> letter, a query letter will touch a literary agent exactly the way you want to. So I'm always guided by what I know from, from many years of talking to, and to writers and mentoring writers, what it is I know they want. I've only talked to you a couple times, but I always feel like you're doing something new and interesting. And whether it's writing novels or writing nonfiction books or teaching courses or mentoring people or putting together video masterclasses, you are always up to something fascinating in the world of writing. How do you make time for all of that? Well, I have no life, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) I don't find it difficult, actually. Uh, I'm I'm constantly fueled by the writers that I that I deal with when I do manuscript evaluations, for example. So I'm fueled by helping them by by eagerly uh, following their progress. As far as uh, you know, in the last year, I think it's four or five uh, of the people that I've mentored have now been published. So it's it's marvelous for me to know that it really is improving their lives towards getting published and, and getting their stories out there. So I, I don't know, I really don't find it that difficult to find the time. But um, I don't know. <laughs> I, when I said I don't have a life, it's uh, I do. I do. A, yeah, you have a wonderful life. It's just a writing-centric life. That's exactly right. I have a writing-centric life. Nothing, nothing interests me as much, really, as talking about writing. Well, my grandchildren do, but apart from that... <laughs> That's probably good. But I I love that you said that there's so many people out there listening to this show who think about writing just nonstop all day, every day. And I know that that definitely resonates with me as well. So I I read uh, the first chapter of Page Turner. And I love that you talk about, can I quote, is that okay? Absolutely. Okay. So you you say, the creation of a compelling and marketable book has to fully engage one's energy, mind, and heart. And I love that so much. And so we're we're talking about doing all of these different things and having a writing-centric life. Do you have any advice for someone who maybe wants to have that kind of lifestyle, but maybe doesn't have this energy and heart that they can fully dedicate themselves to writing with? I hope that question makes sense. Yes, it does, because I think that um, most people, of course, who are working on a novel and who have not yet been published have full-time jobs, or they're taking care of small children all day. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult often for people to find the time to write. And the, the other thing is that most people who are, write, who are working on a novel have to constantly fend off the well-meaning family and friends who are always coming at you and saying, you know, are you still working on that book? Or uh, when can I find your book in the bookstore? And it's, it's, it hurts you uh, as a writer to hear these things. So my advice always to writers is to, when I say to it that it must engage your, your energy, your mind, your heart, your, you know, basically your soul, my advice is to take that very seriously, to really commit yourself to it, but, but never expect your family and your friends to understand. They will not understand. 
they don't get that when you are staring out a window for half an hour, you're at work. <laughs> you know, they call it daydreaming. We call it thinking, hmm, how can I bring in my inciting incident earlier? Or how can I turn this scene? Or how can I propel my climax so that my protagonist and antagonist are facing each other? Whatever, you are at work. And no one who does not write understands that. So my advice is to take your writing seriously. Don't expect your family and friends ever to understand that. Just keep it to yourself. The other side of that coin, I think, is that the people who do understand are writers. Other writers do understand this. But um, when people say things to you within the most loving and affectionate and well-meaning way, you know, are you still working on that book? It can hurt. It can cut you. So don't let it. But do take your writing seriously. That's always my advice. Take your writing seriously. I don't think we should any... None of us should take ourselves that seriously, <laughs> take your, but take the writing seriously. So really do commit yourself for whatever chunk of time you can manage, uh, you know, with a job or taking care of kids or whatever, to commit yourself, yeah. That is such wonderful advice. It's such mm -hmm. wonderful advice. I love it so much. And it also reminds me of another nugget that I pulled out of your first chapter. And I'm getting all the stuff just out of the first chapter, which I think says a lot for the entire book. Oh, um, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how hard writing is. And and I think that um, what we do, you know, as writers while we work versus what the public sees us doing. So, you know, you talk about daydreaming. Like, I'm actually working. Like, that's actually hard work. You talk about a work of art being sort of a phrase with a lot of tension in it. And boy, did I just appreciated that so much. You talk about, you know, art being elevated and the work being sort of denigrated, um, especially when the work in the world's eyes, you know, doesn't seem to be that hard or difficult. So I don't know if that was actually a question. I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed that phrase. Yes, yes. Um, I bring it up because there's a, a strange um, sensibility in our culture that you just sit down and it just flows. And that is completely untrue. All writers, you know, professional writers, you know, myself, people who, who spend their days at this and who write book after book, we know that it's constantly hard work. You are, as I said earlier, starting from nothing. And so um, and you're constantly sifting and prioritizing. So it is work. And I think that we should never accept the, this, uh, this strange kind of Hollywood concept that if you're, that if you, um, you're touched by genius, you know, and you sit down and, and marvelous stories just flow out of you. We have to really um, chisel away at our, at our outlines so that the end product does look as if it's completely effortless. Yes, that's the trick. <laughs> I remember seeing a wonderful video years ago of, it was the prima ballerina of the Canadian Ballet Company, Karen Kane. She's quite a genius dancer. But it was a beautiful video of her in rehearsal with her partner. I think it was Frank Augustine. Uh, they were working on a new piece, a new ballet, a new piece of choreography. And, and then at the beginning of their rehearsals, they are in a bad mood. They can't get it right. They are clumsy. They are angry with each other. They have to go off into different corners almost, you know. And then we see the video progress week by week. And they get a little bit better at it. And there's, there's still kind of... It's still a real, it's constantly a challenge until finally on opening night, we see, we watch them dance, especially Hurricane Kane, and it looks as if, oh, I could get up and dance like that. There's nothing to it. So the, the work is what those dancers know about, and it's the same for writers. Writers know how much, how much we have to throw out in order to come up with something that looks as if it was absolutely effortless. That's fine. The, the, the reading public should never know the work we do. 
I really appreciate that you said that because I know that a lot of writers, new writers, will sit down and just expect uh, this this beautiful torrent of words to flow forth, especially if they're a good writer. And and I think there's so many good writers who sit down and they get discouraged because the expectation that's set by published works that are very good is that if you don't sit down and immediately start writing something amazing, that you're not a good writer, you're not meant to write, or that you'll never go anywhere. And I, I think that it's truly miraculous how we are able to produce these works of genius. But I think that exposing that miracle, that work, that hard work that goes into it could probably do us some good. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's almost unfortunate, isn't it, that we don't have archives anymore mm. because everything is digital. So we're losing all of that access to the work that writers do. Um, it used to be, you could see early drafts. I'm just thinking Jane Austen, apparently there was nothing. Apparently her sister, I think, destroyed all the letters. Um, and we have no drafts extant of, of Jane Austen's works. I wish we did, but certainly there are some writers that where we can see the archives, and it's it's very heartening mm -hmm. for any writer to see the awful um, first drafts, second drafts, even third drafts, even um, all that matters. All that matters is the final draft. Yes. Doesn't matter how you get there. Yes. Oh my gosh, certainly. And so I would definitely encourage um, hopeful writers or even published writers who are listening now that, yes, you can write this, you can do this. It is just going to take some work, but th there's joy in the work. I find there's always joy in the work because every you're always moving forward. And the, and the joy of discovery is always there. In fact, I and I, th I know a lot of um, a lot of my author friends are the same that the, the work that we enjoy most is the, what I call fixing, you know. I think editing is a, editing is a sort of a clinical word almost. Fixing makes sense to me. You write something and then you go to bed at night and you think, oh, oh no, that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. My goodness, that wasn't right. But then you think, oh, I know how I can fix that now. And then you get up the next day and you can fix it. Mm -hmm. I think that um, so many of us really enjoy that part of the process more than anything. So it's always a, always a I don't know if joyful is a kind of a two-touch-feely word, but it's a, it's an exciting process, I find, oh, always moving a little closer to your goal. It is. What a wonderful and, and beautiful way to put that. Thank you for saying that. That's so helpful. So for you, um, I guess, what is the most fun thing about writing for you, and then what is the most challenging thing for you? The most challenging for me is getting through that first draft. The most fun for me is I think the second draft because the, in, in the second draft you, you see, oh, finally there is a whole story there. There's a beginning, middle, and end. We have a hero's journey. It's going to be a hero's journey of some kind no matter what your genre. So once you get through the really sweat-provoking, hair-pulling <laughs> first draft, which I personally always find a great challenge, but once that's down, then the second draft is, a, is truly a pleasure because you can have confidence then that you do have beginning, middle, and end. And now it is a matter of just layering, enriching. I often, when I'm teaching, refer to my first career, which was as an actor. I was an actor for 20 years before I became an author. And I often refer to the process of rehearsal, which is not that different from the process of writing drafts. As an, as an acting company, you know, not for great big musicals on Broadway, which have many many, many months of rehearsal, but usually for a, a, a usual professional acting company, it's just about three or four weeks. So every week has an absolute goal. You know, the first week is just blocking who moves where, when. The second week is in a rehearsal room, just the scene by scene work with the director. 
out of con out of uh, sequence scene work usually, but you're working on enriching and layering and finding meaning and motivation. And the third week is finally you start at the end of that week to start to do run-throughs until at the very end of the of that process, finally you do you know, tech rehearsals and a whole dress rehearsal. If you tried to do everything at once, it would be a total mess in that first week of rehearsal. It cannot be done. So I feel that it's the very same with writing. You will make yourself crazy if you try to do everything in your first draft. So the first draft is only about can I, do I have a story here? Is there a beginning, middle, and end? Is there a hero's journey? And then second draft is for, um, as I say, layering and enriching. Third draft is for polishing. You know, that's when you do the really fun part of, um, I call it decorating. Uh, it's about words, word choice. You, you're searching for the perfect simile then, and, the, and you're you know, chipping away at those burrs of, uh, of dialogue, that, and you're you're cutting out the, the scene endings that are anticlimactic, you know. The, so the three drafts, I mean, most writers do many more, but those three major drafts all have a goal, just the way that um, an acting company has a goal for each, for each week of rehearsal. What a wonderful analogy. And I think there's, and, and we talked about this when we spoke before, but there's just something so freeing about thinking of things in that way about thinking of your first draft as just a rehearsal nobody's gonna see it it's okay you know exactly exactly nobody's gonna see it that's right and you know sarah i have a feeling that for most people in their work non-writers probably their work is the very same when they start a new project working with a new team perhaps in, in business whatever I mean, it's not a world that I know much about, but I have a feeling that everybody approaches their work that way. So, you know, really, why do we, why do we make ourselves crazy by not applying that to writing and thinking, oh, it's supposed to be genius first time? It cannot be. It's a work of art, and work is the word. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Amen to that. So I want to, um, I want to go back to talking about Page Turner. I'd love to know, who did you write this book for? I wrote it for writers who have already a little bit of experience. Probably they've done some short stories. Uh, maybe they have um, a, a novel unfinished in the drawer, you know, uh, and they're sort of feeling stuck. I also wrote it for writers who are in the middle of a draft and, and are feeling sort of at sea and wanting some real guideposts. Mm-hmm. Um, a metaphor that I use kind of through it, especially that first chapter is about, you know, finding your way through the woods and that I will be your guide through the woods right up to the very end, which is that last rocky terrain of, of, of the publishing industry. So I wrote it for, um, yes, for emerging writers of all stripes. I do think that, um, and I've certainly heard from author friends who, who say they've, they've also found it very helpful, sort of going back to basics. But it is definitely for emerging writers who, as I say, take their work seriously, take their writing seriously, and really want to know how to get unstuck. What do you think is the biggest challenge for those new and emerging writers? Well, strangely enough, it's really what we've what we've talked about. It is the um, it's the onslaught of your to your confidence from the people around you, the people who love you. Yeah, you have to be you have to arm yourself against those loving people. <laughs> um, they want to protect you. They want you to not hurt yourself by keeping at this writing. Whereas we writers know that you must keep at it. It's in your soul and you have to keep going. And, and there is a way to produce really good work by doing the work. But as I say, so it really is going back to what we've already talked about. I think the biggest challenge definitely is the people in your life. <laughs> when I talk about the hero's journey, 
I do compare it to the, the hero's journey that, that any writer has to take. And, you know, when we talk about a hero's journey, we talk about allies and enemies. Now, I wouldn't go so far as to say that your family and friends are enemies. That's far too negative and gross. But they can have that effect on you by just uh, sapping your confidence sometimes. So we have to arm ourselves against those people. And we have to um, close ranks with those of our tribe who are other writers. And that will always get us past however we're stuck in our writing. I agree with that so much. Um, and, and That's why your podcast helps so much. <laughs> I hope it does. We're connecting writers with each other, which is what we have to do. And that was actually going to be one of my questions for you is how do writers connect with each other? Do you have like a tried and true method or is it just kind of, you know, oh, you know, be on Twitter, be on Facebook or go to writers conferences or all of the above? I do think that the, that the personal face to face is it's just um, there's nothing that compares really. I mean, it's 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 helpful. All you know, we all are on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all the rest of it. And it's, it's great staying in touch with people, but you can never really have a an in-depth conversation that way, really, at least just sort of the general contact that we have on Facebook. But I do think that face-to-face, -face, there's nothing like it. So going to writers' conferences is wonderful. Um, writing critique groups, sometimes that's helpful, sometimes it's not. <laughs> you need to find one that works for you. I think whatever way you can connect with other writers is always going to be helpful. I agree with that. And even just being able to connect with you on the show, I, I feel like I'm going to when you know, when we're done recording here, I'm just going to go back and like, listen to it like 500 times so that I can <laughs> just have your wisdom on repeat. I think that oh, that's, I, <laughs> I think that's so amazing. So I'm always very interested into what makes a certain writer's style sort of their own. Can you tell me a little bit about I, get, I don't know if I want to say like your own writing quirks, but just what makes you unique as a writer? I actually think that one shouldn't be thinking about that. <laughs> I think that uh, your preoccupation, your, as I say, your mind and your heart needs to be focused always on your characters, what it is they want, what it is that they long for and what it is they fear and what it is they crave and what it is they need and are terrified of. And then out of that arises a story because all stories are about why a character cannot get what they need and want. So I think that always our focus needs to be on that. The style one comes up with will, of course, come out of your own worldview, your own sensibilities, your own experiences. But you can't change that. That's just we are all who we are. I would say don't even think about it. It will happen but only by wanting to tell the world, for whatever reason, about these particular characters that won't leave you alone. Um, there, are, there are reasons you want to tell their story. That's what you need to be thinking of, not yourself at all, or your style. The style will just occur. It's the same way that, um, that you are, you are your, yourself with your friends. They know you, they, they know exactly who you are, but you're not thinking of how you will present yourself to your friends, you just are you. So I think it's the same with style. You will have absorbed things that work for you liter literarily. Is that a word? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. You will have absorbed those sorts of things about writing. But without, I don't think that we want to even be thinking of how or why. Just be thinking of your characters. Oh, my gosh. I love that. And, and 
I feel like I say I love that after every single thing you've said, but I, I feel <laughs> like um, we're encouraged, you know, society encourages us to position ourselves as a writer first. And I love yeah. that you come come at us with this, uh, you know, because like Facebook, it's like, oh, who are you? Twitter, who are you? It's your personality that matters. It's you as a writer. I love the idea of just letting those characters come to the forefront. And I, I do believe that that's what makes for a stronger story. And, you know, in the end, a, a page turner. Well, you know, it's interesting too, Sarah, that again, the parallel with acting, bad actors are the ones who are thinking, what, what does my face look like? How does my voice sound? Great actors are the ones who are just inside that person and they just, what's the word, uh, channel. <laughs> As an actor, you're not thinking of yourself. You are just a conduit for hopefully what, the, what a great writer has written. So a person playing Hamlet isn't thinking, oh, I need to put my hand to my brow now. A person playing Hamlet is thinking, do I want to die or do I want to live, you know, to be or not to be. So the less we think about ourselves as writers, the better the writing will be, I think. Yeah, it's all about your people. I call it people. In, in, when I, in my writing page, turn to the very first section is about, I call it people, not characters. We have to, of course, talk about characters when we talk about writing, but it's about people because people are what a reader comes to a, a novel for, and it's why they stay. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I talk, I have a little list, I think, at the beginning of uh, Page Turn, Turner. Uh, it's a few months ago I wrote it, but, um, you know, um, everything from Ebenezer Scrooge to, uh, to Jeeves to Elizabeth Bennet to, uh, to Katniss Everdeen and, and Harry Potter, you just have to say those names. And it conjures up an entire world because those characters are so vibrant, so they are unique. I hate saying so unique. You can't, you can't qualify. You can't call, yeah. <laughs> but they are unique. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at? The character is what has to live for the reader. And it's not about you, the writer, at all. You should be absolutely invisible to your reader. Amazing advice. Yeah. And I, I, think it's, I think it's advice that no one ever, I've never heard anyone say that before. But now that you say it, it just rings so true. I think our job is to be a, to be a sort of an invisible interface between the character and the reader. You're really not there. That's the magic of it. You know, we slave away at doing that. There's a whole lot of work in it, but you should be completely invisible f for the reader. I agree. And then, of course, there will be a body of work. I mean, uh, a writer that I love is, is um, Robert Harris, and he certainly has a style, and there are issues that he is constantly dealing with in his thrillers and his mysteries. So there is a style, there is certainly a Robert Harris style, but I doubt if he's thinking about himself when he's writing. <laughs> you are probably 100% correct. Oh, Do you have a favorite takeaway from Page Turner as a whole? Well, once again, um, it would be to take your writing seriously. It's a difficult thing to do, I think, for writers who are starting. Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe even more difficult for writers who have had a bit of success, maybe short story published and are, are working on a novel, but it seems almost endless. So it can be very difficult to take the writing seriously, but that would be absolutely my, my, overpower, my overwhelming <laughs> advice to take the writing seriously. The more seriously you take the writing, the better the writing will be. There's just no question about it. When you say take writing seriously, do you mean saying yes to writing and saying no to other things? Or what does that look like for you? I think it means don't trivialize your own thoughts about your story and your characters. The, the characters, however it is that they are speaking to you, whatever story you want to tell, 
is an important one. And don't think uh, that it's trivial. It, if it is engaging your mind and your heart, and therefore your soul, then it is important to tell. Whether it's a fantasy, or whether it's um, er erotic fiction, or whether it's a serious literary novel, that comes out of your own soul. But the tendency, I think, be before the novel is finished is to think, oh my goodness, this isn't what I really intended, and so I'm not there yet. And so you can, you can often trivialize your own work. And so I would say, don't do that. Hold true to whatever it is that, that was driving you in the first place to want to tell these people's story. The other advice I would give, too, because um, I, I think it's important to keep in mind that you want to write a compelling novel, but also a marketable novel. Mm -hmm. And so I think it, the other piece of advice is completely the other side of our brain, which is I'm often struck by how a lot of uh, new writers and emerging writers do not learn about the business. And I think that it behooves writers to you know move outside uh, of the work that we need to do, which is all the creative work, and take some time to really learn about the business. Because how you present yourself eventually when you're going to be submitting that manuscript is supremely important. It's a very competitive business these days. Um, the marketplace is shrinking. Publishers are always looking for great books. Believe me, they, they live for that. They hope that that next manuscript that comes across their desk is going to be great. They live for that. It's what their business is. But, I'm, as I say, I'm surprised often how, how writers don't learn about the business, consider it something that they can just learn at the end <laughs> when they're ready to submit. And I think that's not wise. I would say um, read a lot of blogs, follow a lot of um, uh, literary agents' blogs, and keep yourself well-informed about the business. It will, it will serve you well. Um, I'm speaking to your audience here, but yeah. uh, it'll serve you well when, it's, when it does come time to make that submission and to, and to write the query letter. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's excellent advice. And it's, it's something that we kind of, like you said, can lose sight of so easily. I'm so curious, where can people pick up copies of Page Turner? Well, right now, just on Amazon. So it's uh, Amazon.com if you're uh, in the United States. In Canada, it's Amazon.ca if you're in the United Kingdom, it's Amazon. What is it? Co. Uk. Okay, that's right. Just on Amazon right now. Yeah, we may be broadening that eventually, but right now, just on Amazon. And Amazon's very quick to deliver. Mm -hmm. Two days, I hear. <laughs> so it, yes, yeah, so it's available both as printed uh, as a printed book and also as an ebook. And and we're going to be doing um, an audiobook um, in the next couple of months. I I think we're we're scheduling that for about April. So we'll have an audiobook out eventually too. And then are you are you doing the voice for the audiobook? I will be doing the voice, yeah. And I hope I won't have a cold like this when oh. I do it. <laughs> I'm sure, I hope you'll be better by then. Um, if people are interested in maybe checking out your website or following you on social media, where can they find you? Yes, it's uh, barbarakyle.com is my website. On Twitter, I am bkyleauthor. And I've, uh, I have a Facebook page also, which is... Um, what is the handle for that? Oh, Barbara Kyle, Mentor to Writers. Hmm. So that's the Facebook uh, page, you know, in which I deal with to talk to writers. Instagram, I'm just trying to get a handle on. I'm not too good at it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not either. My, my daughter's trying to teach me, so. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and finally, if uh, you mentioned a master class earlier, your writing journey, if people are interested in taking a look at that, when will that be available and how can they take a look at that? Yes, those two programs, as I say, um, 
Both of them will be called Your Writing Journey, and the first one will be called The Foundation, and the second is The Masterclass. I'm hoping to have those available in uh, April. So we're working at getting all those videos together and all of the, uh, the workbooks. And uh, as I say, we'll, have, we'll be opening up some two Facebook groups that are just private Facebook groups. So, so it'll be great writers just talking to each other within those groups, whoever's um, uh, subscribed to those particular programs. So I'm very excited about that. So that will all be available. All that information will be available on my website. And please, anyone who is interested in being kept up to date about when these, all these various programs are available, just sign up for my newsletter on my website. So it's a, a newsletter for writers and you can sign up for that on my website, barbarakyle.com. Wonderful. And I am a subscriber of that newsletter, and I Thank love you. receiving it. So. <laughs> I'm a subscriber of yours, too. <laughs> oh, Barbara, you're just such an inspiration. Well, um, thank you. I'm glad. I don't know. I don't know. You're just magic somehow. And so thank you for, for sharing your time and your wisdom with us. Thank you for writing books so that more people can learn from you and be mentored by you. You're making the writing world a better place. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. It's always a pleasure talking to you, too. And I'm, I'm so glad you enjoyed the first chapter of Page Turner so much. Read on. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you again so much for your time.